Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to Intentional Guy. We are on air today with Evan Herman. Evan, so great to have you on our show. We are Intentional Guy. So one of the things we do, Evan, on here is we just like to talk uh, and get other people's stories and talk about the intentionality of living uh, a, a purpose-driven life, if you want to say. Uh, I, I know for the longest time, I just floundered in life. And you know, you're going to get somewhere in life and you can either get direction there or life will take you somewhere. And sometimes where it takes you is not always where you want to end up at. So I love this podcast for that. And um, today we're, we're, we're talking with you. And one of the things I want to start off with is if you just tell us a little bit about who Evan Herman is. Yeah. So I'm currently 34 years old. I am married going on 13 years here pretty soon. I have four kids here with me. I have two angel babies. I graduated in 2010 from Oral Roberts University with a degree of theology. I've gone through a tremendous amount of grief and loss of close loved ones in my mm. life. I have a lot of dreams that never came to reality, a lot of hope that was stolen. I went through high school and middle school and grade school with severe learning disabilities. When I graduated high school, I had a seventh grade reading level and I went to college wow. with that and God healed me um, halfway through college. And it, it, it was a challenge even, even after that to, to continue to go through it. But at the end of the day, I am an individual who is crazy passionate about wanting to serve God and follow his biblical principles in my life and then apply it to personal growth as well. That's, that's awesome. And wow, you just hit a, I think you just hit our whole audience with uh, just that part. Uh, you've had a lot going on and I know one of the things that caught my attention was building a life around the whole person concept. What, what is that? Yeah. So when I was at ORU, they had this concept called the whole person, which was spirit, mind, and body. And I never really paid too much attention to it while I was there. And I really wish I did because it probably would have saved me eight to 10 years of frustration in my adulthood. But back about three, four years ago, I really started thinking about a lot of the issues that I'm facing in my life are in my faith, in my family, in my finances, in my friendship, in my fitness, and just even in the area of fun, the six Fs. And I started thinking, what would it be to have a life where, where all those are in really good unity, where they're mm. healthy? And I started looking at my life and the brokenness that I had. And in this effort to try to get rid of the brokenness inside me, I started pursuing this idea of the whole person. And what I've learned along that journey is I am forever broken. And that doesn't mean that wholeness is out of reach. It means that my wholeness comes from Christ. It's nothing that I can build solely by myself but what it does do is it allows me to have peace in those 
areas that I mentioned earlier. And I think that right now, specifically, a lot of people are struggling to have peace because peace isn't circumstantial. Peace is in spite of circumstances. So even when things are going well, you still sometimes don't have peace. So right. that's, that's what the whole person is. It's about having peace in every area of your life, despite your circumstances. And, and that's awesome because I resonate just what you said uh, up until just the past two years. Uh, that was me. You know, the enemy had us in our finances, had me in my health, had me in just my thinking. And a lot of times we lend such negativity into our, our mind. And I've learned a lot of what I pour into me is what's going to pour out of me. But I have to be intentional in looking for that peace because peace is right there in front of me. But if I don't acknowledge it, I can choose to just look at the negativity in life and let that overwhelm me and miss what God's doing around me and see the blessings that he's doing. But also like in our finances, we had to be very intentional. Uh, the enemy always got us there. We went through the Dave Ramsey class twice. It took us two times to get through that. But today we are, um, we're debt free, you know, and, and things that I thought were not possible with God are very possible, but it requires action and, and a lot of dedication and being committed to it. I think a lot of times our problem is uh, we live in a society where people are instant gratification and not, you know, working toward it and having that goal set before them with it. Yeah. But I liked what you just said, because there's just so much to our, to our life that we have to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and peace is actually in our grasp. Well, not only that, but every area affects the other. It does. And so that's why having a whole holistic approach is the best way. Because if my family's out of whack, if my family lives in chaos, my health isn't as great, my business isn't as great, my relationships aren't as great. Yeah. I mean, I've... This past month and a half has been a month of sheer chaos in my family. And I stopped working out. I stopped doing a lot of work in general just because I needed to get my family in order. And here's the thing, too, is people assume that to live in this idea of a whole person, you have to be perfectly balanced in all these areas, which is a farce. Like, there's no such thing as perfect balance. When you're flying in a plane and it feels level, it's not. It's making millions of micro adjustments as it's flying to stay mm. on course. And it's the same way as the whole person. I, I once interviewed Mark Cuban on my podcast, and it's the only recording that failed. I've, I've, I've never lost one recording. It was the one I had with Mark Cuban. But the it was five minutes too. But I asked him, you know, how do you live a balanced life? And the lesson that I learned from him is you don't. You learn how to live out of balance. So it positively affects all the areas of your life. So when, mm. my, when my family was in complete chaos because we were moving and then our house that we moved into was being renovated while we lived in it, like everything was out of, out of sorts. Then I had two kids with RSV. Then I had another kid who went to an ER and then I had wow. a ministry event and it's just, and then we had fall breaks. So like, I didn't get to do anything. I didn't get to 
participate in my health. I didn't get to participate in my business. I didn't get to participate much in my ministry. And what ended up happening is I realized a couple things. One is that if my family life is out of order, then everything else in my life is out of order, which tells me that the most important thing in my, to me is my family life. You know, if my health is out of order, then everything else is out of order, which tells me then at that moment, my health is one of the most important things in my life. Right. So wherever is causing the most pain is the alert of where you need to spend your time focusing. Because if one area is out of balance, everything else is. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Now, Evan, you were telling me something happened this weekend to you that changed everything for you. Do you mind sharing that with us? Absolutely. So over this last month, like I've mentioned, you know, I haven't been able to do a lot of the other things that I've wanted and I've really blamed my family. I said, you know, if, if my family could just do a little bit more without me and not be so dependent on me, I could get more sales in real estate. I could grow the ministry. I could grow my podcast. I could be further along than where I'm at. If my wife could just do more, if my wife would not be so dependent on me. And what ended up happening is, and not just this month, but for a long time, I've struggled with this process. It's like, I could be further along if I just didn't have so many responsibilities here. And I looked at my family as a, as an issue that was keeping me from my goals and my dreams. And that in and of itself had a seed of bitterness in it. And I, and I didn't realize it. And I started thinking about how Joseph was thrown into prison from Potiphar after being sold into slavery from his brothers and went from prison to the second in command of Egypt. And what happened was that regardless of where he was, no one can stop the plans of God on your life. My family can't do it. My problems in life can't do it as long as I'm faithfully serving, pursuing, and honoring God. So here's what happened. In an effort to pick back up my health, I did a, a 5K. And my son, he's seven, he's crazy fast. He doesn't spend a lot of time running, but he did a, a five, well, he did a one minute race or a one mile race, I don't know, several months ago. And he did a 10 minute mile at seven, like never ran in, in a race before, but he, he ran a 10 minute mile. And so I invited him to go with me on this 5k. It was going to be longer. And I said, look, bud, this is going to be harder. It's going to be longer. And we're in a place called Turkey Mountain. There's a lot of trails. There's a lot of woods. And it's easy to get lost. You have to stay with me. Even though you're faster than me, you have to stay with me. I've had a, a, knee, a knee surgery that has really hindered me from being able to just flat out run. And so I was like, buddy, I'm walking and you have to walk with me. It's like, yeah, dad, I 100% understand. On your mark, get set, go. That kid took off running. And I thought, all right. You know, Mark, you set go. He just wanted to start off running. He'll, he'll slow down across this little bridge. No, he kept running. And it took me an hour to do three miles. And every second, 
of that three miles, I spent concerned about my son because I know he didn't know the trail. And I sure hoped maybe an adult, you know, helped him or something. But for an hour, I didn't know where he was on this trail. I was behind yeah. him the entire time or most of the time. And I get halfway and I find out, okay, he made it halfway. Well, that's good. And I only have one option, which is to keep going. And hopefully I'll maybe catch up or he'll stop and slow down. And what ended up happening is the trail went further out and then looped back around. So and in order for me to catch up, I decided to, I don't want to say I cheated. I'm at this point. That race didn't matter to me. I'm just trying to find right. my son. So I skipped that loop and in order to try to catch up. And then I ended up finishing before my son because he was actually in that loop that I skipped. So when I finished, I, you know, not that I'm like, oh, my son's not here. Or I'll just finish anyway. No, I went to the finish line expecting he would be there at the end. And he wasn't. I finished the race without my son. And in that moment, I realized that that whole race meant absolutely nothing to me. That finish meant absolutely nothing to me. Because my hope is that he'd be there at the end of my destination, and he wasn't. And he wasn't there even in the journey. And even though I wanted him there, he wasn't. And so what I realized in my actual life, I have had the enemy lie to me. And I've received that lie saying I would be further along than where I am if I didn't have my family. The only thing in my life that mattered at that moment is that I got to do that race with my son and I didn't get yes. to do it. And when I finished, he wasn't there. And aha, uh -huh, like when he finally came out of the woods with an, an adult who brought him, I just broke down crying because I was so relieved that he was back safe. Right. What I realized is that race meant nothing to me the entire time because I was concerned about his safety and whether he would be there when I finished and he wasn't there when I finished. And all I wanted that entire time was to be with him in the process and to make sure he was okay. So in my life, when I apply that, I've realized whether I hit 10 million subscribers or, you know, make hundreds of millions of dollars, none of that matters if I don't have my family with me in the process. Yes. And my family isn't a hindrance. My family is what gives me drive. My family is what my heart is geared towards and what my heart is poured out towards to raising up my sons and my daughter as men and women. Everything I do, I do for them, not for myself. And I realized that, that in this moment, if I can't do this journey with them, then it doesn't even matter. Wow. And, you know, so touching. And so as I'm listening to you, too, what a blessing to be able to even grasp that concept and to learn that. Because I know so many men and probably women, that we get so wrapped up in what we think is important that we forget about what truly is important to us. And as God's even trying to show them, they still can't get 
past that and see the message that is before them. And so they they missed the whole thing because you could easily have gone through that and missed the whole concept of what God was showing you in that moment. And how do you, you know, a question for you, and not to sound ignorant or anything like that, but I know I got listeners listening. How do they open their ear to God like that, to where they can, in the midst of that, be able to learn a lesson like that, that's very valuable and not let it go by without them until it's too late. So I want to read a Bible verse, and this is one of my staples in life. Um, I have it memorized, but I just feel like I'll be more powerful when I read it. So you can edit this flipping out. (laughs) (laughs) Psalms 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the steps with the wicked or stands in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields forth its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. What's so interesting about that is it first starts off saying, don't be in the steps of the wicked. Don't be in company of sinners. And obviously we all sin. Right. There's this quote by Jim Rohn, you are the average of the five closest people in your life. I so, got you. So pay attention to who you're around. Pay attention to what you're listening to. Because people who complain, people who are negative, that will be your thought process. So be around people who have good thought processes. And then the other aspect is delight in the law of the Lord, which is in scripture. Meditate on it day and night. Pray. And in doing that, when you are familiar with the scripture, then you become more familiar with God's voice. And when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, you will recognize it. And for those who are like, man, I don't know how to really hear the Holy Spirit, that would be great. Just read the word. And then that will build up your ability to hear the Holy Spirit. And then when you're out and about, this is something that's really simplistic. Have you ever like, oh, you know what? I should take chapstick with me when I'm going to this meeting or whatever, but like, nah, I'm not going to need it. And then you get there and then like your lips are really chapped and like, dang it, I should have had, that was the Holy Spirit saying, take the chapstick or, you know, it could be an extra pair of keys or it could be something else. There's these moments in life where we hear the Holy Spirit talking to us, but we write it off in it's small ways. And what I have learned in my life is that God trains us to hear his voice in small ways. And so I would highly encourage people when you have that thought like, oh, I should take this with me. Like that's the Holy Spirit. Take it with you. And as more you do that, the more you actually start realizing the voice of God because then you become in need of whatever you brought with you. And it happens in so many different areas. That's just one example. And so that's how you can train yourself in hearing God's voice, which all translate to your original question which is how do you learn from your stories? And so one, you have to have the ability to hear God's voice. And we just said, how? Then the second is you have to leave room in your life to do that. You have to sit and 
meditate on your day and you have to leave space to decompress and say, God, what can I learn from this? Because then you're inviting God into that situation and you're asking him to speak to you. Yeah. And man, I, you said something that I have not heard in a long time. I used to be a teacher uh, at a prison locally here. I was the transition teacher. So before guys could leave the prison, uh, they had to go through a class with me. So I saw everyone as they were leaving. And uh, one of the things that I taught was what you just said. We are the sum of the five people we we associate with that. We hang around that inner circle is so crucial who evaluating that and knowing who that is um really affects it and i i have learned to um surround myself with people who i i want to emulate that i see these positive things in their life and i tended to be a negative person and that was because i was around a lot of negativity and i I get to make that choice, right? So I made that choice. I said, you know what? I'm 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 going to seek out uh these relationships. And in doing so, it's funny how it changed the other relationships that I had too that grew with it when you find that step of obedience. But then you take it a little bit further and the meditating on your day. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be perfect in our day. No. But do are we learning from it? You know? This is my journal. And I'm taking this class by Dr. Benjamin Hardy, Be Your Future Self. And one of the things to live out your future self is, one, you have to live off the standards of your future self. That's how you build mm-hmm. into it. And, and you're not... You're not living towards your future self. You're living from your future. Because if you're chasing something, it will always seem far away. But if you're living from something, then you can change your standards, which changes your character, which helps you become. And what I'm learning is every day he writes out gratitudes in his journal, three of them, and then three wins of the day. Because here's what's unique about writing the three wins, even regardless of how small they are. He writes out three wins and he says this, because when you see wins of the day, then you're always knowing you're making one step of progress and having that confidence of one step of progress validates your pursuit. A lot of people live, including myself for a long time, I did not like who I was because the person who I wanted to be was up there and I wasn't that person. Yeah. But what was so unique is because I didn't love who I was, I could never be the person I wanted to become because that person loved himself. So the moment I changed my thinking about who I was as a person and my identity, that's when I saw exponential growth in my life. Mm. Uh, yes. Uh, same Same here. And um, I shared this on my last podcast that we did last week. Uh, but it was sort of a car wreck for me. I, I, I started seeking counsel and I want to, I kind of want to uh, go to this next thing here with you because I want to kind of talk to people because I like to, I, I, I just started really trying to per, um, promote this a little bit. You, you have a website called uh, www.thewholeperson.com. 
podcast.com. Uh, you do a podcast, which I'm I'm big on podcasts because uh, throughout my day I'm listening to podcasts and I'm listening to ones that will help me to grow. But you're also a life coach, yeah. And I really f- feel uh, God's tugging on my heart to tell people to to start looking at some of these people who are online that are life coaches, especially that we're bringing on the show uh, because there are some simple tools and principles and sometimes we need help in just getting direction, getting that and having someone on an outside that's looking in and can see past uh, some of the things we can't, that that's in our way. And like, for me, I went to a counselor, but she was really my life coach because she was pulling out things. Uh, and we were dealing with things that I didn't see important to deal with that were so crucial. And and I thought were small, but ended up being major wins for me. And, and just even listening to you today, um, what I'm, I'm already, working, going to be working on changing something. I, I have my planner and I have my, my journal that I do as well, but I, I skipped the wins. I skipped those wins. And, you know, you've taught me today that there's an importance to that step and in doing that. And we have to be willing to pursue the, uh, some changes in our life. Yeah. You know, when I look back at the last month and a half of my life where I feel like my whole family's been in chaos and I haven't got as much done as I wanted. When I, when I recount my wins, I look back and I'm like, Holy cow, bravo, dude. Like you led, we did a fair outreach for my ministry and we led 479 people to the Lord. We prayed with over 3000 wow. people like bravo. You yes. sold, you sold three houses, dude, bravo. You were able to take time um, to watch your kids off a fall break and still get this stuff done. Bravo. You you were able to help heal and mend your son who was in the ER because his oxygen level dropped. Bravo. You were able to get on multiple podcasts and continue writing a book. Bravo. Yes. Like, but internally... I feel like a piece of crap. Like I haven't done as much as I want. Like, like there's this constant, you're not enough voice in my yeah. head. And when I document my wins, I can tell that voice in my head, you are a amen. liar because here's the proof. Uh, amen. That's, that's awesome. And that is something adding to my, to my, my arsenal today. And, you know, God's leading me here. Evan, not to put you on the spot or anything like that, but hey, I'm the host. I get to do things like that, you know. Uh, I'm thinking about a few of my listeners. I'm thinking about some people who this is overwhelming what we're talking about because in them, they don't have that peace right now. They're going through they're going through some major grief, whether it's through. Uh, a loss of a loved one. We just had uh, one of my my uncles just passed away this week, and I know their family's hurting. But I'm I'm looking talking more about people who are in a loss of relationships through divorce, 
uh, th through different separations. Uh, and when they're listening to me and you, what we're talking about seems far down the road. Yep. Yep. And how, how do me and you, how do we encourage those people to say one, you know, for some of them, it, until you start putting some positive things towards you and stop focusing on that negativity, it's not going to get better because we're, they're putting all their resource to what they've lost. And I get that because I've been through that and, and I've done that. And it, you know, it took me 15 years to recover from all this stuff. And I don't want them to have to go through 15. I want them to be able to learn from what we're talking about. But how would you encourage that person today that's listening? And what step today, what step would you encourage them to start taking in, in this journey? If you truly want to have peace and move forward, because you can't, it is yeah. real and it is possible. So I want to share a quick story. The disciples and Jesus were on a boat and they were in the Sea of Galilee. When a storm rose up, Jesus was asleep and the disciples were scared that they would all die. And they went to Jesus and said, Lord, Lord, don't you care that we're about to die? He woke up, rebuked the storm and told them, O ye of little faith. Think about this. They had the physical manifestation of Jesus Christ, and yet they didn't have peace. Their identity of what peace was, was in their circumstances, not the person of Jesus. Now let's rewind to an Old Testament story, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. When King Nebuchadnezzar built an idol for people to worship, they did not worship the idol to the point where the king was going to throw them in a furnace and dialed that furnace up seven times hotter to kill them. The people that threw the three men into the furnace died by opening the door. Mm. In the furnace, they didn't see three people. They saw four people. And Nebuchadnezzar said, and the fourth one looks like the son of God. What ended up happening was they came out of the furnace. They didn't smell like smoke. Their clothes weren't burnt. Nothing happened, but Nebuchadnezzar noticed that truly this is the son of God. But here's where the story is really cool, in my opinion. When Nebuchadnezzar threatened them with death, they said, one of them said, oh, king, to, to the extent, I'm going to paraphrase this. Oh, king, we don't care what you do with us. We will trust our God. He will deliver us from your hand. And even if he doesn't, we still won't serve your gods or we still won't serve your statue. Mm. You talk about a baller move. Yeah. Their peace was in not in their circumstances. So the first thing I would say, if you're going through something extremely painful right now, recognize that your peace does not come from your circumstances. And when you have that understanding, then you can find the source of peace, which is the Prince of Peace. And then through that process, there will be a mending of peace in your heart and life. That doesn't mean the circumstances go away. It doesn't mean the pain goes away. That's right. But you can start having peace. 
And as peace comes into your life, then you'll start experiencing love of the Father. And as you experience the love of the Father, invite him, invite him into that. Say, God, where's your love in all this? Because I don't see it. And he'll he'll show you. And it'll be that love and that peace that starts healing the heart and the mind of that situation. And in terms of grief, grief of a lost relationship, grief and death, it's okay to mourn, but don't get stuck. Yes. You can mourn, but don't get stuck. And then don't let that be your sole focus. Take deep breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth. When you start feeling overwhelmed, if you're struggling with anxiety, I would highly recommend to do something extremely unpleasant. Cold showers. Because what it does is it focuses your body on deep breathing and trying to control your nervous system. Because our amygdala sends fight or flight responses into our body. And the thing is, is sometimes when the amygdala sends off the cortisol to trigger anxiety, we need to learn how to control our nervous system. And the way that you learn to control your nervous system is by taking cold showers or really cold baths. Because mm. when you want to shake, and then you start learning how to control your nervous system so you don't shake, it helps you physically overcome the feelings of anxiousness. So those would be my three main things. Know that peace is not circumstantial. It's a person. Mm. Ask God to show him his love in your situation. Be okay with grieving, but know that you need to give yourself like, all right, I'm going to grieve for this amount of time and then I'm going to be done. I'm going to change my mindset. And then also take cold showers if you're struggling with anxiety. I have an ice bath in my house. It's a deep freezer filled with water that is at 50 degrees. Mm. So I, I strongly believe in, in cold therapy. Well, I love that. Peace is not circumstantial. And 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 that's a great truth uh, that we we need to to look at. I know a lot of times we take the hardest things in our life and form those into who we are, our identity, and then the enemy locks in and starts lying into our ears and we start believing those things. So that those are some great uh, things right there. And um, as someone who, yes. So for people who are really struggling with hurt right now in their life, and they just don't know how they're going to get to the next step. Some of the stuff in this podcast, as Michael was saying, is further down the road than where you currently are. Don't write this podcast off, but here's where I want to encourage you. Reach out to Michael or reach out to myself. I'll give my email and my phone number here at the end of the podcast. If you are going through deep hurt in your life, I want you to reach out to me. I will give you a free coaching session. 
And we'll just, we'll just go through some of the stuff. We're not going to try to dig your wounds up and stuff like that, but we'll give you some proactive steps on what you can do in your specific situation. Cause everything I just said was good advice, but it's also very general. And so right. if you are deeply hurting and you just need help, I'm here. Um, Michael, I've lost a child. I've held, I've held a dead child in my hands. Mm. I've had two of my best friends die in a plane crash um, that made global news. It was the plane crash with ORU students. If you remember that back in 2012, right. um, one of them was my roommate in college and another one was in my wedding. You know, I wow. named one of my sons after them. I've lost mentors. I've had two grandparents die in front of me at different times. I, I had a stranger die in my arms as I was trying to give him CPR. I've gone through a tremendous amount of, of death and loss and grief. I, I had dreams that never came to reality. I've had hurt and broken relationships. So I say all that to say, if you are hurting and you feel like you're dead inside, please, please, please reach out to us. Yep. Yep. And I appreciate that offer that you're giving to, to these to the audience and stuff like that, because, and especially, you know, men, a lot of times men, we don't want to reach out for help because it shows a sign of weakness or something else, but you could do nothing better for your family than to make yourself heal from these things. And that I noticed that with me once I went to my counselor and I started healing inside and getting over these things that bound me it changed my family and it, it changed my perspective it changed my paradigm everything changed I, I started becoming the man i always wanted to become and my character started forging into what god had put me in there and so i i'm very uh pro uh counseling life coaches uh you know and I, I appreciate that on there, Evan. So you said something as men, we struggle with talking to other people. Again, I I'm an individual. Like when I think of personal growth, there's a lot of personal growth gurus out there that yeah. say a lot of things that aren't scriptural. I want to base this off of scriptural. So in terms of coming to another man, it's like, oh, I don't know if I should do that. Well, if you believe that the Bible is truth, in Deuteronomy 32, 20, it says one will put a thousand to flight, two will put 10,000 to flight when God is on your side. And then also there's another one that says in a strand of three cords is not easily broken. Mm -hmm. We are stronger in numbers. It's, it's why out in the wilderness of Africa, lions will single out one animal to attack and kill it because going after one animal is easier than going after the whole herd. We have an enemy that wants to still kill and destroy our lives. I believe that that is Satan. And if he can isolate us, then we become so much easier of a target. Yeah. And so Michael, you are 100% correct. Go to a therapist, call you, reach out to me. That was some really wise advice, Michael. And I like what you just said too, because there are a lot of, um, and I want to say this 
in the nicest way possible, but uh, not every counselor, not every life coach um, is, is good too. Uh, look for someone who uh, is scripturally based because that's what I did. And that's, and that's why I like bringing people on here because some of these men, they've got to, they've got to hear our conversation now and they know where your thought patterns are, who you are as a man, what journey you've gone on. And so hopefully they can feel comfort and safety in knowing that you're a safe place to reach out to and to do this. And just, I'm going to encourage you, if you're in that place, just make one contact. Just, just try making the contact and just see where God takes it. You don't have to commit to nothing. But if you're finding yourself in that place, why keep go, why keep drowning yourself in that sorrow, that misery, and that pain and hurt? Because God doesn't want you to live there. And if you believe that you deserve that, and that that you deserve that pain, and that's you can't escape from that pain, that's a lie from the enemy. And we have to sometimes say, "What is God, and what is the devil?" And let me tell you, He is God is not made you to suffer like this he he wants you to thrive in who you are as a man of, of god and and evan thank you so much for being on here today we're going to make sure we put all the links uh in there yeah. and i want to tell can, you i can i, I just share it. my my number if someone wants to text or yes. call or my email so my phone number is 918 six two five seven zero seven three feel free to call or text me my email is evan at evanherman.com and let me spell that for you it's e-v-a-n at e-v-a-n-h-e-r-r-m-a-n two r's in human or her human two r's in herman i am double okay. german gotcha got that wrong today so You're we good. will we will get that, and I want to put that. I'll put that in our description as well, so that you guys, uh, to make that even easier, you can just click on it and, and go right to it. So we'll make sure it's there. Evan, thank you so much for being with us today. I've really enjoyed it. Felt God uh, power over this today. So thank you again for being with us, and to all my listeners out there. Until next week, just keep being intentional. We'll talk to you later.